Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Heart of the Order, your home for baseball and fantasy baseball with your host, me, Ralph Lark. And now, let's check in on The Heart of the Order. baseball y'all it's your host ralph excited to come to you on this fourth of july weekend with this mid-season check-in hopefully the baseball season has been fun and exciting for you thus far tiger bomb nation if you are a first-time offender boy am i sorry for you if you are a repeat offender heads either way welcome to the podcast first time back in the saddle in a long time but we know how this goes the heart of the order man we've got a great episode today we're really going to riff on everybody's team so if you guys have been good we're here they've been good they've been bad we're here they've been bad but we're also just going to generally talk some dfs baseball for a moment to check in after our primer pod that so many of you listened to and I hope you liked. I didn't hear any complaints. Got a lot of listens, not a lot of complaints. That's always a good thing. And, uh, you know, we'll also talk about some DFS baseball today, too. We're going to get this out in enough time so that you guys can take a look at the night slate tonight on Saturday, July 3rd. So that is the mission for this podcast, if you choose to accept it. Once again, I'm your host, Ralph. Let's go over the deets the important details, if you will, how you can find this podcast. Because as I said, some of you may be new, and some of you may have forgotten. We haven't had podcasts in a long time. Anyway, whichever end of the spectrum you're on, just know that there's a couple of ways we can connect and keep you in the baseball know. One of those might be www.tigerbombsae.com. It's a Tiger Bomb webpage. It's fantastic. Fantastic little website. You can go there. Look at the page for this podcast. Literally, you can click on all the podcast names. Scroll down to Heart of the Order. Boom! Right click the Heart of the Order page where this podcast can be listened to right there. Then you can also view our DFS safety tips. Just those things that you should know as a DFS player before you think about putting in. Also, you can look at the other podcast that Tiger Bomb has so you would be able to know about the countout or what happened or some of the other things, the process, whatever. So that's one way to catch up to us. Guys, you can also hit me on Facebook and Twitter, Heart of the Order page. That's a good way to connect um, on Facebook at Heart of the Order number one. On Twitter, it's at H of the O-T-B-S-A-E. Standing for If you are so inclined, you can email us here at theheartoftheorder.tigerbombsae.com. Those are the primary ways to get a hold of this podcast. Keep in contact with me, listen to the goodness that is baseball. So now that we've got the important stuff out of the way, we can barnstorm into our mission, if you will. So, 
But one important thing, if you're on the website at the, at the you know the home bar across the top, you see the podcast names. I had somebody say I didn't see the heart of the order. It says more. Just hit the drop down menu for more. That's why it's right there. And then boom, heart of the order is one of the more. Okay. All right. Now that we got that out of the way. Listen, if you go to the page right now, there's a lot of meat there for you. You can literally listen to the baseball primer, the Heart of the Order baseball primer. You can also listen to previews of that we had and, and kind of judge how I've been right or wrong about these teams because all of these season previews are still up, at least for a little bit. Maybe that goes away today or tomorrow or next week. If you're there, you can listen to it. If it's not there, this leads to one of the other ways that you guys can listen to the podcast. That is through literally anywhere that you listen to your podcast, like Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. All you got to do is search for The Heart of the Order. Or excuse me, I'm sorry. Search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. There is where you see The Heart of the Order podcast. All of the podcasts actually that we do will be there as well. And so you'll see them in some sort of an order in which we put them out. And so if you're going now, you're going to see Heart of the Order. You're probably going to see some What Happened. So if you're in true crime, check that out. All right. So really quickly, hopefully the DFS stuff has been going well for you guys. That podcast that I put out with the primer information really unlocks to you guys a lot of what I go through on a day-to-day basis to pick the players I'm going to put in my lineup. Does it take a long time to do? It does. But if you want to win, that's one of the things you have to do. And so I'm not going to go over the specifics of what we're looking for in fan, you know, fan graphs and how we come and arrive at it. And I'm not going to drill down on numbers today because you know how to get that stuff. It's superficial to keep talking about something that I already gave you. So we're not going to do that. What we're going to talk about instead is some things that you've got to remember. These tips are on that page. They're on the Heart of the Road website page. But if you've had a chance to digest that podcast, great. If you haven't, maybe go back and give that a listen. Especially if you're going to play today. You've got some time. It's only 30 minutes. You can listen to that double back and get the DFS tips from this one. But once all that's cemented, things that you've got to take in context every day, weather. A lot of times I'm picking, uh, I'm looking at these stats and I'm looking at these lineups and stuff the night before. And so I've got to be even more safer about the weather. If you guys can look at it last minute, that's great. You may be like me though and not have all the time in the world for research. I'm just eliminating games that have like a 30% chance of rain. Because if there's a delay, something like that, I mean, and if it's 30% on the night before, that's my sort of experience. That's only climbing the next day. So I can watch it during the day, check a couple times, but in most cases, I am not really leaning on those guys because I don't want to have to go back. See, it takes so much time to go back and eliminate them out of the equation at the end. We don't want to have to do that. We really want to be mindful about who we're selecting while we're doing it if you're short on time. So, if you can, be sure to check as close to contact lock, contest lock excuse me, as possible. That's the best play for you guys. If you can't, uh, just avoid, like I said. But knowing the weather um, will make sure that you are aware of premium hitting and pitching conditions. Are the flags blowing out? Is the wind blowing in? 
So blowing sideways. These things matter. Take it all into context. This is how you boil down to who you should be playing. Contest size. Remember, this is the next tip. The big money tournaments, remember, it's like sitting in the stadium. You're saying you're going to be the one to beat all the other people in the stadium. You know, Control what happens. Control the contest size. I'm not going to restate how you exactly do that. We've gone over that stuff. Control the contest size. Stacking players, you're not going to win a tournament if you don't stack guys. Period. Got to get into the habit of playing multiple lineups to explore multiple stack options. So in a given night, should have like one double up lineup, you know, three tournament lineups against the other pod. Ownership. You're only going to win double ups with popular players. You want to play the Aaron Judges? You want to play the Fernando Tatis? Great. So does everybody else. You don't win. if See, if 80% of you all have the same guy and he goes off, I mean, it doesn't really help. Like, you're not separating yourself enough to win. Like, the most you can do is tie, right? Like, so you get, start looking at the other players. You want to pick good guys, but if you want to win a tournament, you have to pick good guys that are going to be low owned. So you got to take more chance. Contest selection. Be careful about how you show your money out for tournaments versus, you know, cash game double ups and GPP or 50 50 lines with double ups, rather. And set a budget. Don't go over your budget. Set a budget. So those are the things that I want you guys to think about. In addition to the fact that at this point in the season, if you are using fan graphs, you really need to be aware of like the splits, um, like overall, you know, for the year, but also for each month too. like now, like I'm not like obviously July just started. Don't look at that. But three days doesn't help you look at June. Right. If you want context, you can look at, you know, I think they have April listed too. look at June. Is it different? You could look at the overall for the year, but it really tells a story of if a guy is slumping or he's picking it up, which may be, you know, unusual from where he's been all year, or has he just been humming along, in which case money in the bank, you know? So you really want to pay attention to those splits if you're using fan fan graphs. If you're not using fan graphs, this is going to be a lot harder for you to compile this data. That's why we like that page. Um, I'll also let you guys know that, you know, I've also started to look at things like when I want to pick on a picture, sometimes I'll look at um, the contact like raid or I'll look at um, how hard the contact is. Like are players making, you know, mostly soft contact Are the left handers making mostly soft contact or hard contact or medium. I started to dabble with that a little bit, but really stick to the core of what we talked about in the last pod. I'm going to take a sip of water really quickly. Okay, so you got to consider those splits, and I think that's really the only thing we really need to add. Um, it's a grind. It's a day-to-day thing. Most people think um, you're searching for the right answers, and so you get pissed if you don't get the right answers. It's a grind. You're searching for the best plays for that day, the best scenarios. Is it always going to work out? Nope. Does that mean it was a bad play because it didn't work out? No, not necessarily. The numbers line up, they'll justify you making that play. So it becomes a marathon where you got to play a lot. 
you want to win. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody knows how to just pick it up one day when, come back to it next Tuesday, when it's not that. You're either in the pool or you're out of the pool, right? Can't dip the big toe in and out and expect to know how it is on the opposite end of the pool. You got to get in there. You got to get in there. So, you know, you can start to sort of see correlations or understand trends or see who's hot or know who's hot when you're looking at this stuff every day. If you don't want to play every day, just use the DK Live app and look at the um, points that guys are getting. It shows you in real time who's scoring what. Sometimes I don't like to look in the DraftKings app. I don't really need to know what's going on in the contest or how much money I'm winning or losing. Sometimes I just want to know what the players are doing. The DK Live app is really good for just checking it all night long. Makes it kind of fun. It's not a chore. You know, I'm just sort of seeing if my guys are giving me a chance. That's really it, right? But those are the only things that I would add to the already uh, encyclopedia, you know, deck of information you guys have from me about how you might play daily fantasy baseball. Let's switch gears then. Now that we've got that out of the way, we'll talk about lineups at the end of the show, but let's get into some actual baseball, what we see in it with our eyes. Before we even do that, though, we need to address the elephant in the room because we have to, uh, because we have to, because they're making us, and that's the cheating in the MLB. I kept thinking, do I do this, something separate or do I just – throw it in here, and uh, so we're just going to riff with it and roll with it because, you know, at this point, it's really just getting pretty stupid, you know, so we might as well blow the lid off this thing for anybody who's been living under a rock, basically. The issue at hand is guys gluing their hand to the ball. This is different from, like, say, sticky tack. Batters have kind of been aloof to sticky tack because they want the pitcher to have control and not hit them pine tar sunscreen resin no problemo glue aka spider tag problemo this is different though this is guys making sure they get their fingers on the ball for as long as possible by gluing it this increases spin rate and that makes the pitch way more effective way more you can add an easy 500 RPMs to your spin rate, revolutions per minute to your spin rate doing this. In essence, y'all, the ball is freaking moving. And so the more the ball spins, the harder it is to hit. Okay, so the league knows this and has known this for a while. Depending on who you ask, the league either manipulates the balls to affect free agency in certain ways or the league is so inept that they have little to no control over the process and are lying about it by suggesting they do purposefully manipulate as a way to cover up their lack of control. <sighs> Take a breath. We're going we're going deep into what's going on behind the curtain. Okay now. So once more into the breach. Now the thing you need to know about whether they're involved or do stuff to the balls or allow stuff to be done to the balls on purpose is this. MLB owns the company that makes the friggin' baseballs. This is a big mess, y'all. Anybody remember much about last season? Anybody remember how many players were smacking the ball around willy-nilly? MLB 
has rules that supposedly they have told teams they would be laxed on in order to make things more competitive for the hitters. But I'm telling you, you got yourself a problem when you see glue and sticky, stringy stuff on the baseball. You got yourself a problem when players come out saying they were told it's okay or that they were told by league officials they won't be monitoring or looking for that stuff. Why does all this matter? Why does it matter? Integrity of the game. That's why it matters. If not, count the steroid numbers. Let Pete Rose back in baseball today if it doesn't matter. This game we love is being sullied more and more. Either you can catch and ban cheaters across the board or you don't. It's really simple, period. The league started slapping wrists. And now you see dudes like Trevor Bauer, namely, having seen velocity velocity and RPM drop dramatically. The guy's been virtually unhittable for two years. Well, he got lit up like a Christmas tree by the walking corpses out of the Texas Rangers recently. Okay, six runs through six innings. Oh, and if you think this is as straightforward as I'm, it's not as straightforward as I'm making it, go look at old Trevor Bauer tweets. No, seriously, the guy wrote articles for the Players' Tribune, did an HBO Sports special, and a lot more, a lot more. Please dig into this. You can see back to 2018 where he solicits help to increase velocity and RPM and talks openly about what a type of substance might do for a pitcher. You should check that out for yourself. This dude needs to... There's a lot going on with him right now. We really can't even get into the recent allegations that have come up over this weekend. I read the article in The Athletic. There are some graphic um, accusations being made. Have no idea what's going on or, or what the tinge of truth to this is, but there's some awful stuff. Can't really give credence to it yet. If you haven't seen, check it out. But Trevor Bauer... Supposedly pitching on Sunday. I don't think that's going to happen. I also find it weird how all the Twitter trolls are going back and forth about this morality of playing him if he's allowed to play. That's all really stupid. All of that is really stupid. Anyways, we as fans have been the last to be clued in on what's going on, and it sucks. You think you know sports, or hell, you think you know what you see when you watch sports. But apparently, it's not the game we've been assuming, and it ain't been for some time now. The story of baseball is becoming cheating. How each generation strive to cheat to win. To steal the phrase popularized by pro wrestler Eddie Guerrero, cheat to win, baby. So this past week... MLB came out hard against all this by imposing 10-game bans for any guy caught out there with anything on them. So I have to ask, how y'all feel about the Astros cheating to see the signs now? <laughs> so anyways, so look, the MLBs decided to actually impose the rules that were already in place. This is actually the easiest thing to do. You can't make new rules because the players' union would freak because new rules would not be a part of the current CBA or collective bargaining agreement. There would certainly be litigation to determine the legality of that move. 
for real, the players' union in the MLB front office, there's no love lost. They, like, hate each other. You don't need their permission to enforce what's already there, though. And boy, have the guys been testy. We've already seen some guys get a little pissy because other teams have asking them to check for substance. Scherzer nearly shot beans of gamma rays from his eyes after being checked during a game recently. We've also seen our first guy ejected for having a banned substance on his hat. Right now, we need to stay in and we need to watch and we need to stay in watch and see mode. Who's a different pitcher? Who seems to have lost some oomph off their stuff? What other rule changes, if any, come out of this? And we really need to see if baseball can overall start to change the narrative because right now it doesn't sound great for America's pastime. Look, ban the stuff, pick up the Japanese ball that is a bit tacky, and let's move forward. Baseball needs to start admitting the problems and fixing them. I don't care how many problems there are. But we can't keep finding out after the fact that what we've been watching has been altered somehow without telling us that's whack as hell, y'all. I'll keep loving it if y'all keep loving it, but MLB, you are really, really getting under my skin right now. (sighs) Feels better to have gotten that off of my chest. We can actually talk about what's been going on now. So I think we should do that. Just some musings so far to cover what I've just kind of been marbling around in my head from watching everything all the time in terms of all these games. No particular order I have for these teams. But we'll say a sentence or two about everybody and keep it rolling onto our DFS lineup. So why not D-backs? Let's start with them. Do they just fizzle out? 23 straight losses at this point and counting. That's an MLB record. O's trying to catch up. Already 19 straight road losses, but still 14 straight losses overall also. Sorry, that team is historically bad ineptitude. Cubs, maybe talk about them. Really starting to fizzle out a bit. I'm hoping they're just tired heading into the break, but I don't know. Relief pitching has been atrocious. The bats can't hit. If the starter struggles, it becomes a long day for a Cub fan. Uh, Can't drop six straight right before the break and not expect to get broken up. Braves, a very defeated bunch in their own right. Ozuna can't keep his hands to himself, so he's out. Freddie's ice cold. The pitching staff has been banged up. Yanoa, Soroka, and Freed have all seen the shelf. The pitching is the core of what makes this group work, so unless they come around, it's curtains. Curtains, I tell you. Acuna is just bombs away, locked in at this point, and Albies is coming on strong as we head into a break. Watch the Braves. Mets, newsflash, the Mets like each other. Not a great squad, not overwhelming in any category, just a group of fellas who actually like like one another and pull together to win the close ones more often than not. That's it. If you've been wondering how they're doing it, that's it. Just brotherhood and grit mixed with a bit of DeGrom. The Rays, why not go there? Rays going to Ray. The Rays are the best team in baseball at building a team that takes advantage of how the current collective bargaining agreement is set up. Teams are not incentivized to pay guys at all, y'all. Tampa Bay will not develop you as a player. Look, they will get what they can out of you and then trade you for spare parts right before you should get paid. 
Willie Adamas is a good case of this right now. Well, Juan DeFranco looked legit already, even though that batting average just dipped way down 194. But it's easy to see it as an easy decision to trade Adamas and get more young studs for, for a really nice piece they won't miss. Turn and burn. No one is better at this than the Rays. Turn and burn. They don't build stars. If you don't, if you like the Rays, excuse me, if you don't, not, not if you don't like them, if you do like the Rays, you're cheering for the jersey. You're cheering for the front office. They should put, quote, insert player name here, quote, on the back of all the jerseys. They should. They should say, they should do that. They would save more money. Why don't you? They figured out how to do this thing with little to no money. As such, these are still the guys to beat, period. They lose glass now, and you better believe that's a huge loss, but they can still weather the storm and get her done. How about we talk about another big giant? Let's go over to the Houston Astros. Astros also looking feisty are the Strohs. Brantley is a machine. Listen, y'all, he's not a man. He's a piece of mechanical equipment with organic flesh laid over his T-1000 skeletal frame. This machine is batting over 400 on the road versus right-handed pitching. He's hot. The Strohs are hurt, but the Strohs are hot. I mean, they rattle off 10-plus wins like it's nothing, literally thrashing the, th- the Shy Sox for three straight on the south side during that run. Their best pitchers have been hurt, everybody. Yuli Gurel would be accused of being a machine also if Michael Brantley's Knight Rider-esque CPU servers weren't disabling Wi-Fi every time people go to check Gurel for human confirmation. These dogs are so good. They didn't really need to cheat, and they did it anyways. This is practice for them. See you in October, Strohs. Let's talk about the tribe. The team in Cleveland, a.k.a. the Spiders is what I'm hearing. The tribe just hangs around. Anemic bats plus lights out pitching plus two extra poopy divisional opponents equal maybe a wild card berth? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. We'll see. Reds, Vado can still connect, but he's got no pop. Has the stun has the sun started to set on the Vodaman Empire as he collects his 1,000th ribby? Winker and Castellanos have extreme splits and are streaky at best right now, and these are the best bats. No one else can be counted on. Luis Castillo is putting it together, and if you've never seen, his is a special game to watch. Give him a watch if you can. Kid has electric stuff. It's not a bore to watch. Any given night, this team is hoping others step up and help his core. I'll give a little bit of credit where it's due. As a press time, the Reds are hanging around in the NL Central, a division with murky waters these days. Let's talk some Nationals baseball. When the Nats won it all in 19, they didn't have a particularly strong start to the year, but they got healthy and started putting together some nice stretches. There's enough talent here to do it again. If they start, if they can start consistently beating the teams they should, then we'll see. I think you have a chance with Scherzer in that lineup. Big weekend playing the Dodgers. Let's talk Giants. How fun are the Giants? I mean, for my money, this is the most overachieving team versus their expectations to start the year. By far and away, these Giants... They refuse to go away. Gaussman is just unreal. Cannot compare this to anything previously on his resume, everybody. We talk about park bias a lot around here. No surprise to the home team here that the shift to Oracle Park has been amazing for Gaussman. He's a strikeout pitcher by nature, and he's hitting on all cylinders, which just means dudes are whiffing a lot. And when they aren't, we're talking weak taps into play. Put it this way, no one, and I mean no one, is sending anything to the Covey Cove off this man right now. 
Grit, defense, solid pitching, and excellent veteran leadership are what fuels this warship for the Giants. If the young bats can figure it out and hit for average, they can get more fellows on base. And I heard more points might mean more wins. Let's talk Phillies. Let's talk about the Phils, Chicago Cubs East. Same problems plaguing these ball clubs. These guys can't hit, plus the hitting is sporadic when they do, and the relief pitching sucks. All their starters have been a bit better uh, than those of the Cubs a little bit, I guess, but lately they're kind of becoming the same thing. Also, Joe Girardi is kind of a little nuts, maybe. The guy comes out in the press conference and says, yeah, I talked to leadership here, and I'm not telling y'all squat ever again. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but the gist of it is, uh, that right there. We hadn't heard much around guys like Bryce Harper or Gene Segura being hurt or missing time because, well, Joe said, we don't need to know. As far as he's concerned, you'll know who we play when we hit the field. Okay, Joe, let's talk Texas Rangers. This team stinks. For the DFS purposes, they're a perfect team to pick on. You can play pitchers against them because they strike out so much and their pitching and relief pitching is all god-awful. So bats are a full go against this turd of a group. Seriously, so bad. However, they have started to, as I was putting this together last week, pick it up a little bit. Not terrible. Decent run against the A's there. More importantly, Gallo trying to play his way out of Texas. Turns out the anomaly was the last year, the the COVID year, the 19. If you look at that, the numbers are starting to even out. Dude looks good. Dude has pop. Dude may be able to go someplace like, I don't know, someplace where they need a guy that can hit, who, who can be in the lineup every day, like um, the Padres maybe. Who knows? But Gallo maybe a trade deadline piece, but uh, seriously so bad, these guys. Seattle Mariners. Mariners are also a dumpster fire. Literally amazing that the people are willing to go to these games during these uncertain times. That's dedication. Hanniger and Seeger is all you need to know about these teams, about that team. Padres, since I was just thinking about them. Let's go there. The fathers, the fathers, the fathers sweep the Dodgers. And just like that, here we are again. The team is built to last and they'll thump all year. Fam finding it. The T's trying to pick it back up. Eric Hosmer should feel free to earn some of that money whenever, just uh, whenever. The Padres are playing thrilling games and keeping the pressure on in the NL West. If you missed that series with Cincinnati, man, that was a banger. Let's talk Twins. There's a team in Minnesota. They play baseball. Let's talk Brewers. If the bats would ever come around, the Brew crew would be onto something here. Pitching has been decent. Woodruff and Burns are just too good right now. Woodruff and Burns are like Southern Black Grandmother's Peach Cobbler right now. Just too good. These guys are like a season finale episode of Breaking Bad. Just too good. These guys are Patillo's Italian beef dripped in au jus and draped with jardinera. Just too good. These two fellas are a cold beer after a long hike. Just too good. Probably the reason they stay in the thick of the NL Central race. Yelly, where you at? Wake the bat up. Tail end of the game. Closing games down. They're good. Suspect relief pitching in the middle. They can go far trying to run away with it. Let's talk cards since we're in that division. Um, Now, seriously, it's the injuries. The pitching's been banged up, and that's what leads this group. Once that thins out, the cards are forced to rely on the offense, and that's just not what they do nowadays. Nolan Arenado still trying to reverse the great Coors curse. Baltimore Orioles, man, I hate this bunch. They won't even strike out enough to play arms against them. Just pure and utter chaos. I hate watching these games. I hate thinking about what might happen when they try to play baseball. The most lopsided outcomes I could ever imagine. This team swept the Houston Astros for crying out loud. Yeah, that happened. 
Red Sox. The Sox. Who knew? Who knew? Here we are, about to be mid-July, and the Red Sox of Beantown are still a thing. I, for one, didn't see it. This bunch is a new lease on life. They didn't do too many things uh, in the offseason, so they could potentially make some moves ahead of the trade deadline if they want, and it looks like they should want. Where you at, Gallo? The formula for them has always, uh, quote-unquote, hold on till sale comes back, quote-unquote, kind of equation. So, to sum it up, they're 20 games over 500, and Chris Sale is a coming, y'all. Sucks to be a Yankee right now, and the exclamation on that point is the two series sweeps the Sox just nabs from the Yanks this month. Let's see if the pitching can hold up at Fenway. Marlins. The Marlins are not doing what they did last year. The pitching has been roughed up just a little, and that's all they really have. Jazz Chisholm doesn't even know he's just a rookie and hasn't done anything yet, really. Dude has so much drip, it's not even funny. Dodgers. Who better? Who better than the Dodgers? I hope you know the best pitcher on this team is named Waka Beulah. Beulah, baby. I went to a game recently, and sitting in the stands at Dodger Stadium right now feels like they already won this year, and we're on a big old after-party tour. Giants and Padres are giving them a run for their money, but we already know this team is built to be there in the end. These other teams can't say that for sure right now. It's still theirs to lose. Remember who took the chip last year. Remember who left the White House. Remember who want to be the king of the mountain. You want to be the king of the mountain, you better knock the king off. You want to beat the man, you want to, excuse me, you want to be the man, you got to beat the man, in the words of Ric Flair. Woo! Pitching goes long and strong, relief shores it up in the end, and your boys got bats for days. I think they call this one the Empire Strikes Back. Pirates, the Pirates. There's a very nice stadium on the river in the city of Pittsburgh. Actually, that happens to be where the Pittsburgh Pirates play their home baseball games. PNC Park has an amazing, it's an amazing attraction and legit has amazing food. The Rockies. I wonder if the Rockies will trade Trevor's story. How fun is the home run derby going to be at this stadium this year? Austin Gomber is a gamer who looks like he's figuring out how to pitch effectively up in the clouds out at Coors Field. Guess they did get something back in the Nolan Ryan, in the Nolan, uh, or excuse me, in the um, Arenado deal. Angels, nothing heavenly about this bunch. A troutless Angels in the outfield. It's like, can they hold on till he's back? You thought they were climbing to relevance until they ran into the bus saw that is the Oakland A's. That series pummeled these guys back to earth. Rendon is paid so much to bat so terribly. But on the bright side of things, you got yourselves an Otani. That's right. Dude is hell on wheels out there right now. That's tough. A tough, tough out in the cold, cold world of the batter's box. Got dusted up a bit in the Bronx recently, although he's been really good on the bump too. Our two-way hero at the moment, making it look easy for the kids. Don't look now, but Jared Walsh, he's a player. He's a player. Getting Pujols out was a great idea. The Yankees, team full of mashers who ain't mashing. Some key pieces aren't performing well. That includes pitching, relief pitching, the bats. I mean, name it. These guys got swept by the Detroit Tigers. There's problems here. Steinbrenner says it ain't Cashman or Boone. Guys on the field got to make it happen. If your name ain't Ursula or Judge, a guy's got to step it up, fellas. 
The boys in the office could always go over the luxury tax and go get a excuse me go over the luxury tax and go get a piece, but that probably doesn't make sense for this bunch unless your trade is bringing back the Almighty Himself to throw on a home shirt for the Bronx Bombers. Life ain't gonna get no sweeter in the Big Apple. White Sox, outside of being swept by Houston recently at home, the Shy Sox have been rolling along. Here's the thing, though. This group still surrenders runs late. A bunch of them. They've been able to grit it out more often than not each night, but it's still certainly true that the Chicago White Sox have blown some leads this year. The ghost of Tony La Russa gets propped up in the dugout every game. He don't know what the hell is going on. Hey, Josh Donaldson, shut your trap. Shutty. Want to talk crap? Be on a good team, sir. Very nice back and forth with him and Giolito. Giolito called this guy an effing pest. I sub I subparted for you there. He did not in the press conference. Loved it, and we beat him up. Also loved how he just homered right away his first at bat. Man, that's good stuff. Everybody should not be offended. That's called fun baseball. Hey, Eddie Escobar, you busy? We got a hole at second here in Chicago, and if you ain't up to much, bud, swing by. We'll have Jose Abreu bring some few extra empanadas. We got it. We good. Vente, papi, vente. My guys have persevered and are getting healthier, getting Lubob back, getting Eloy back. Hang in there. Finish off the division. Finish off these games. I won't get my hopes up yet. They're okay. A's. The A's are doing just the same thing they always do. Quietly get her done. This is a very steady ship built around good solid pitching and timely hitting and a bunch of baseball plays sure it's not the sexiest thing to watch but it's effective they've been effective for years now still feel iffy about their chances in a seven game series against the big boys but this team is doing what it was made to do win a ton of regular season games and maybe the division we want to look to see how the pitchers shake out does somebody become the clear-cut first option Royals. The Royals are going nowhere fast. There's, they're my worst kind of loser team because they can't really be picked on too much. They just don't strike out enough. And the pitching doesn't ever get blown up. They just lose a bunch in boring fashion. Every now and then you can play Sal Perez because catchers are a barren wasteland of a position. But honestly, there's not a lot to cheer about around Kauffman Stadium these days. These days. Tigers. Tigers swept the Yankees recently, so that's what you need to know about the Yankees this year. Outside of that, Tigers haven't done a thing. For what it's worth, we like picking on these pitchers, and these bats strike out a bunch. We like Tiger games. We can win money from Tiger games. This is a bad team, but we need to know just how bad they are so that we can know how to abuse this bunch. Can't stress enough how much this is the right kind of bad for DFS purposes. Blue Jays. I was just seeing that that's the last team already. Well, let's get to it. The bats are going for the Blue Jays, but not good enough to get them past the terrible relief pitching. This team has no chance if they don't find a way to keep themselves in games once the starter is done. So much pressure on the bats. This team has a lot of pieces, but I don't think they have enough to slide into the postseason. That's what I feel about all these teams right now, guys. Kind of a little bit of rundown. So hopefully your team is on the opposite or the positive end of the spectrum. But if not, maybe we touched on what they can do. Stick that in your hat with a feather or whatever the phrase is. I don't know. Let's just talk DFS baseball. This little slate tonight is a seven gamer. Okay. So you guys got a nice little chunk at it. It's not too big. It's not too small. 
you're going to be able to make it happen. And so I came up with some plays. And I'm glad we went over this one because it's not been an easy slate, basically. I think this is a tough slate. So if you could do well on this one, kudos to you. A couple notes before I give you the picks. Like before, a couple notes before we do that. Oda Rizzi has been good. Um, good strikeout upside. But Cleveland doesn't strike out very much. And Jose Ramirez uh, is the only decent bat, but I don't need to chase that. So I really just feel like there's just not a lot of upside here. Houston also not in an amazing spot either. Feels low scoring of a game where the guys play baseball and push the ball around the diamond. I don't think the pitchers get blown up or dominate. So I just don't see for the prices that they're going to be what the payoff may be. Boston Bats not in a great spot tonight. Um, they're iffy on the road uh, with – they're iffy uh, – um, I'm sorry. They are um, iffy on the road in terms of the Bats, and, like, they have a negative park shift. And so I just don't really feel like I saw anybody that has, like, super high upside today. Kershaw versus the Nats. The Nats have been trying to put it together. Um, the Nets have good bats, like, and Kershaw's been good, so I really feel like it's a wash. He won't have a great strikeout percentage against these guys because they don't strike out a lot, and they won't strike out, um, you know, very many times. So if you want to play this one, you could do two lineups. One is Kershaw in it. The other has a stack of bats against him, including Zimmerman, Turner, and Jan Gomes. But I just I don't know if it's worth it for me. Uh, moving along, Espino has been really good at home this year, not punching guys out, but getting guys out. So he's not a good bet because we need those punch outs for points. Um, Dodgers would probably be too expensive to take the chance. But if you're feeling frisky, you can go bets, Muncie, Turner, Smith. Um, yeah, with the Dodgers just like being on the road, like <sighs> Yeah, Espino's just been really good at home. He understands that park and what he needs to do to keep the ball in there. We know that the Dodgers are a good team. So, again, if you want to do it, bets Muncie Turner-Smith. Um, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else? Um, strikes out a lot, but Yadier Molina is a solid play today. Um, we can play a lineup or two um, against Long. The pitcher long. If so, you want to throw Ahmed and, Ro and Rojas in there, uh, Josh Rojas, if you want to go against Long. But I think Long is probably not somebody you want to go against, uh, or at least I won't, I should say. So as far as pitching goes, guys, it's boiling down like this. I like Alex Cobb today. I um, think he's in a good spot. I, I like that. Um, also, facing his former team, if I'm not uh, mistaken, should be able to have an inside track on these guys. More so than I think they have on him. He's had a good strikeout upside, too, so he's a solid play today. I like Long, which is why I won't be attacking Long. Almost as like a tournament GPP play, but he's going to be my second pitcher if I go on DraftKings. Um, again, I just didn't like a lot of the upside from the other pitching today, but do what you feel. Maybe take a chance on Cole Irvin, who's been good. I mean, I might go there, but again, attacking the Red Sox isn't always a smart idea. So, as I said, pitching's murky. Full disclosure, i probably just go Cobb, Sammy Long all day long and just play with the bats. As far as the bats go, let's look at the outfield. Um, I'm liking Brantley for tournaments uh, today. He's in a good spot, but he's got the wrong like profile. Like It would be like if a right-hander had his numbers, would be better. He's a left-hander. I don't like that profile. Um, so on the bump today, I, 
he, he is in a good spot, though. He does profile good against lefties. Hunter Renfro, tournament-based play. Um, I think you play him with Devers. It's just like a two, two-man thing, play them together. But again, Cole Irvin has been pretty decent, so I'm backing off most of the other Red Sox. Um, Jonathan Daz in play today. Love this play. Love this play. He's in play. He's just in play. He's in play. Lock him in. Otani, I really like him for tournaments. Cedric Mullins, very solid play today. Um, Adolis uh, from Texas, solid play today. And then Josh Rojas, who I just mentioned a second ago, tournament play. Again, we talked about how you might spin that. But I like him as a tournament outfielder today. Those are the outfielders I want to mess with. I'll also throw in Yastrzemski for tournament purposes and Duggar on San Fran for tournament purposes. So, you know, outside of tournaments, you know, obviously I've boiled it down a lot. You can tell basically I'm going Mullins, Adolis, and Daz uh, unless I'm stacking. First base, let's go there. Matt Olson, okay, tournament, tournament. I like him for tournaments, uh, but for cash games, just lock play today. I like C.J. Crone. Really like Jared Walsh for tournaments, the Angel. I like Nate Lowe as a tournament option at first base from Texas. And then Gallo, too, tournament-based option. Third base, uh, for tournaments, I like Matt Chapman today. I like Devers. Talked about playing Devers uh, with Renfro. And then um, straight-up great play, 50-50 cash games. I like Charlie Culberson. I'm probably just keeping it between those guys there. Shortstop today, uh, Trevor Story, lock it in. Best play by far. I think Crawford's a real good play. Those are 50-50 plays, GP or 50-50 cash game plays. Um, Ramon Urias, great tournament play today. Nick Ahmed, we also touched on him. Good tournament play as well. But the, but story in Crawford, story above Crawford. Second base, Tommy Edmond, lock him in. Ty France, think that's a lock play today. I think Flores is another very good play today. It could be a lock play. But I like them all. If I had to rank them, I'd go Edmund, France, Flores. But I don't have a problem with any of those guys. Play with the prices as you need. Uh, catcher, Yadi Molina for tournament purposes, as I said. We like him. Max Stassi for tournament purposes. We like him. Cash game 50-50. I like Posey. I like Posey. Lock play uh, in that scenario. And so... That's everything, and then we'll just go over the stacks. Um, I do like, for Colorado, I like the stack today. Crone, Story, Daz, and Tapia. You could throw Tapia in there. He's a lefty. Profile's well at home in this spot, although the pitcher is good against lefties. Um, we'll see. So, as a stack, we like him. Don't play him as a one-off. St. Louis stack today. We know these are anemic bats, so this will be a low-owned tournament option right here. Colorado is going to be a little bit more popular. Everybody likes to play Coors. But St. Louis, hitting O'Neal, Arenado, Molina, and Edmond, I think is a good idea today. Texas, you got a stack that I think we can rely on if you go Coberson, Gallo, Lowe, and Adolis. And then San Fran, you want the late stack. Duggar, Posey, Yaz, and Crawford and Flores. Yaz obviously being Yastrzemski. I think that's how it boils down today, guys. So that's been our show. I hope that you guys enjoy that. I hope it was informative. I hope you feel like, hey, you know, if nothing else, you've got some barbecue talk about some baseball teams, make you sound like you know a little bit more than you are. But uh, if you plan DFS, hopefully this helps you out today. Let's go bang, make some money, right? Let's go do that. But uh, you guys know how to find me. Gone over all that information. Get at me. You need some DFS help. Maybe we can do that. I'm going to go cash some lineups. But you guys enjoy this holiday weekend. Uh, whatever that means to you, do that. But we'll catch you next time. Peace.
The Heart of the Order is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.